I would like to do an editorial um, repair um, before we get into the next part of this discussion about Job. Um, we are doing multiple, multiple messages on different formats right now, and um, the, they kind of got mixed up. And so I don't like, even if it isn't a theological thing, um, I still don't like to leave an incorrect thing out there for people. And so in the last discussion, or maybe the one before that, um, I had mentioned when all those things had taken place in my life that I was about 35 years old. I wish. Uh, actually, I was about 48 years old when those things happened. And so I just wanted to correct that, especially in the sense as I was talking to the young girl that was 24 years old, that may make a little bit more sense when I was 48 and so I was double her age. So that's why I reiterated that she was a young lady. And so I do apologize for that editorial slip and mistake there. And I wanted to correct that before we moved on. Now, it isn't that all of the discussion that takes place is insignificant. I hope that if you would read the book of Job, that you would read all of the way through it as I am doing right now in my own personal devotion time. But it's just that those things are not necessarily significant to the discussion that we are doing. And so I'm just brushing over them but they are significant, and they're significant in the reality that these conversations are taking place between Job's three friends and Job himself, and it goes all the way through. We, we left off in chapter 4 last time, but all the way through to chapter 32 is the discussion that is taking place between these three friends and Job. And a lot of what you see, and again, I, I'll get to more of the significance of that in the, in the coming up um, talk here, but what you see is, is that these three friends are just telling Job how far he's fallen short, how he's just not being the person that he should be, and all Job is wanting to do is just die. He's not interested in the theological struggles or, or somebody's advice or input. And I don't know if you've ever been in that place before, but I'll tell you, if you are in that place where you are depressed and depression is just raging in people, and, and that's in the church and out of the church, that depression is just raging in people. And, and we often, as ministers and leaders in the Christian community, we don't know how to deal with that. So we, again, we don't know what to say, so we say dumb things like, just go home and pray about it, and you'll feel all better. Or come to my little group and you'll feel all better. We, we have no idea how to deal with these issues. 
And these three friends, they thought that they were so wise. They were giving such wise counsel and they were completely missing the point. They're, they're telling Job all of these things that he should be doing and thinking and saying, and that's the accusations from the devil. And Job is just saying, I just want to die. And he finally reaches the point in chapter 31, verse 40, as 31 ends. It, he says, let thistles grow instead of wheat and cockle instead of barley. The words of Job are ended. I'm done talking. I'm done discussing this with you. I'm done trying to hear from you things that I already know. And it's just not what I need to hear. Do you guys understand that I've lost everything? My children are dead. My livestock is dead. My material possessions is gone. I've lost everything. I just want to die. My words are ended. And so now there's silence from these three men. <laughs> I guess maybe that they came to the place that they thought, okay, there's no more reason for us to say anything. And in chapter 32, verse 1, it says that they ceased to answer Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. That's what they thought. I don't know. I, I think Job is going through these things. And again, if you read through those entire chapters where this discussion takes place, Job is trying to understand why God would do what he did. And there's reason for that. And it's going to come up here just shortly in the scriptures that, that it explains why Job came to that place where he's thinking, why did this happen to me? And we go through that same thing. So many people through the years have lost their faith because they didn't know how to deal with bad things happening in their lives. Let me tell you an unfortunate fact. No matter how holy you are, no matter how righteous you are. And remember back at the beginning of this, it was God. It was God that said to Satan, have you considered Job? There's nobody like him. He's a perfect and righteous man. So this was not Job's unrighteousness that has brought this on to him. Job continued to be righteous, and he makes these wonderful statements. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He, he makes these wonderful statements, though he we didn't quote that because that's in the middle of the chapters, but, but though he slay me, yet will I trust him. So Job, and I've talked about that in my own life, and, and I don't want to keep intruding myself. I'm only just using myself as an example because I know myself. I don't know all of you. I know myself, but, but I have had that struggle in my life. I never, ever 
have lost my trust in the Lord. I absolutely, in my spirit, know who the Lord is without question. And I do not question that he is King of kings and Lord of lords, that he knows exactly what he's doing, that his ways are better than my ways, that he is smarter than me. I understand every bit of that. The only problem is, is because of all of that, sometimes I'm not smart enough to understand what it is that he's doing or why he is doing it. Why is this happening? I don't know. I tried as hard as I could in the last pastorate that I had, and I was thrown out of the church anyway. And I'm driving hundreds and hundreds of miles to come to live in a church building because I had no place to go and they were gracious enough to do that. So I moved into a church building for a period of time. And as I'm driving back and I'm trying to outrun a snowstorm that is right on my tail and I'm thinking, God, I know who you are, but what are you doing? Maybe some of you, maybe some of you are listening and you know what I'm talking about. I don't think Job was trying to really stand in God's face per se. I think Job just wanted to die. It's like, I don't, what, what is there in life that keeps me going? What is there in life that keeps me going? And there was reason that he felt that way. Now, there's a couple of things that I will admit to you that I disagree with many, many commentators and many ministers. That doesn't make me right. That just makes me disagree. And one of them is the issue of this young man, Elihu. After the, after Job says the words of Job are ended and the three men cease to answer Job because he's righteous in his own eyes, this young man that has been sitting, he's not even mentioned all the way up. He's been sitting this whole time with four men, including Job, that is an elders to him. And so he has been silent the whole entire time. And now, after all of this has happened, it says in chapter 32, verse 2, then was kindled the wrath of Elihu, and then it talks about who he's the son of. His wrath is kindled against Job. Okay, And the reason that his wrath is kindled against Job is because Job has spent this time justifying himself rather than justifying God. So, and that's what we do. That's why I talked about all of that stuff there for several minutes. That is often what we do in these situations. He's also upset at the three friends because they had found no answer, and yet they condemned Job. So they, they don't have anything that Job should do, so they just condemn him. And, oh, my friends, the devil is so good at condemning you while you are down. The devil will come along when you are in the pit, 
and throw dirt on your head. And he often does that through other people. Now, Elihu had waited till Job had spoken because they were older than him. And so he shows that respect to those that are older. Now, where I disagree is, is a lot of people put this kid into being a little brat, loudmouth brat, running his mouth about stuff that he didn't know what he was talking about. There's a couple of reasons that I don't think that is true. First of all, what Elihu does is to bring Job the attitude, the right attitude. You should look at God and who God is instead of looking at yourself. You should be taught wisdom in the fact of who God is and not yourself. And that is a wise word. Now, did he say everything perfectly right? I'm not saying that he did that, but I'm saying that his attitude is where our attitude should be in dealing with these kinds of situations. Shift your focus off of yourself, Job, and put your focus on to God and who he is. How do you get through this despair and depression? When depression gets so heavy in your life that you spend all of your time focused on yourself, that's going to lead you to bad places. Okay? Let me say that to you again. When depression becomes so powerful in your life that it leads you to be completely focused upon yourself, that will lead you into bad places. So Elihu is giving the advice to Job. Get your focus onto God. Okay? The second reason that I think that Elihu was not in the wrong in what he was saying, when God comes on the scene and, and reveals himself on the scene, he rebukes the three friends of Job. He never rebukes Elihu. And so uh, I believe that if Elihu was a young brat running his mouth about something that he didn't know or understand, that e Elihu would have been rebuked as well. God doesn't rebuke him. And I think, again, the reason that he doesn't is because what Elihu is doing, whether he did it perfectly correct or, or not, what Elihu is doing is he's trying to get Job's focus off of himself and onto God. It, it is God. In verse 22 of chapter 37, Elihu says, With God is terrible majesty. Touching the Almighty, we cannot find him out. He is excellent in power and in judgment and in plenty of justice. He will not afflict. Men do therefore fear him. He respecteth not any that are wise of heart. Quit putting yourself in the place of knowing everything, Job. And then comes chapter 38. 
And I have been, <laughs> I have kind of put this into my perspective. The Lord speaks. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth the counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. In, in my terminology, that is God saying to Job, put on your pants like a man and I will talk to you like a man. You want to stand in my presence and say all of these things now. Had Job lost his righteousness? No, but Job had lost his focus, which is exactly what Satan wanted to do to him to get him into the place that he would curse God and die. That, that's where Satan is trying to get Job uh, away from the wonders of who God is. And so now God speaks. All of these five men have finished all of their talking, and now God speaks. Put on your pants. Now you say, but, but that's what he says, gird up now thy loins like a man. Put on your pants like a man. And I will demand of you and answer thou me. And God gives, and, and this is worth reading as we're in chapter 38, as God speaks. Where was you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy, or who shut up the sea with doors when it break forth as if it had issued out of the womb? When I made the cloud the garment thereof, and thick darkness a swaddling band for it, and break up for it at my decreed place, and set bars and doors, and said, Hitherto shalt thou come, but no further, and here shall thy proud ways be stayed. Maybe you know this, maybe you don't, as I stop there at verse 11 for just a moment. God set boundaries on the oceans themselves. The oceans, the mighty waves of the oceans only go as far as God set the foundations for them to be. So God is saying to Job, if you know, if you understand, if you understand how all this works, Oh, God could say that to some of the silliness in so-called science of today as they try to claim that we evolved from monkeys. How did all of this happen? If you know, Job, answer me. 
Answer me like a man how all of this works. Now, going on in verse 12. Hast thou commanded the morning since thy days and caused the day spring to know his place that he, that it might take hold of the ends of the earth that the wicked might be shaken out of it? It is turned as clay to the seal and they stand as a garment and from the wicked their light is withholden and the high arm shall be broken. Hast thou entered into the springs of the sea or hast thou walked in the search of the depth? Have the gates of death been opened unto thee or hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death? Hast thou perceived the breadth of the earth? Declare if thou knowest it all. Where is the way where light dwelleth? And as for darkness, where is the place thereof? That thou shouldest take it to the bound thereof, and that thou shouldest know the paths to the house thereof. Knowest thou it because thou wast then born, or because the number of thy days is great? Because you're old, you think you know everything? Hast thou entered into the treasures of the snow? Or hast thou seen the treasures of the hail? Which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war. Could it be possible there? Let me break in again. Could it be possible there? God's talking about the end of time. And Job is one of the oldest books, if not the oldest book that has been written that is recorded into the Bible. And God is saying, do you know about these things that I have even already stored against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war. Do, do you have any idea? God goes on in laying out all of these wondrous things about his creation, creation that we know about, creation that we don't know about. Things that are visible, things that are not visible, that God is sharing in these things and just basically saying to Job, who do you think you are? He goes on talking in chapter 39. He talks about all of the beast and all of those kinds of things that, and he's saying, you, you know, you, you, you don't know anything. Does the eagle mount up at your command or make her nest on high because you tell her to? Job, put on your pants like a man and answer me like a man. And, and it, is, it is a tremendous, tremendous word. Then Job comes to an answer. And I think that this is what happens. Now, now God is not done talking, okay? But I think that this is what happens when we come to the realization that we are not God. We don't sit on his throne. We don't stand in a place of authority over him. And no matter what he does, 
no matter what we think about what he does, he's always doing all things good. All things are always working together for good. So the Lord finishes in this part of his speech. Shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? He that reproveth God, let him answer it. So Job, you have spoken against me. Now, you, you give an answer for that. Chapter 40, verse 3. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay mine hand upon my mouth. Once have I spoken, but I will not answer. Yea, twice, but I will proceed no further. Okay, now, Job literally puts his hand over his mouth. It's like I was wrong. I was wrong in speaking to you. Now, why he was wrong, we're going to get to in the next session. And I'm going to stop this session. But in the next session, we will get to why he was wrong, because God's going to come back to the same statement to him in chapter 40, verse 6. And we'll go on a little bit, and I'll tell you the next thing that I disagree with a lot of the scholars and commentators, and even ones that are my heroes that I disagree with them in. And we'll look at that as we continue in chapter 40. But recognize, recognize, no matter what you are going through, it is not your place to challenge God. It is not my place to challenge God. And, and God will deal with that. So recognize that as Job did. I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once. I spoke twice. I won't speak any further. Oh, God, sometimes help us to not speak any further. Thank you for listening.